One. Hey, everybody. Welcome to 12 Questions. Yay. My name is Anna Valenzuela, and I am here with my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Yay. Dave, can you do us a favor and read us that beautiful clarity statement? Sure can. Uh, Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. We're a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of alcohol or drugs by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves, and we only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Yay! (laughs) I am so excited. I've honestly, again, this is, we've had a string of guests where I've like, I've always been afraid to ask. Um, But I am so excited for our guest today. We always let people introduce themselves just in case they want to be super duper anonymous. Um, So who are we speaking with today? Hi, my name is Jackie Cation and I'm a stand-up comic. And a human on this planet working yes. uh, to become a better person. Yes! I'm so excited. I am so excited. Um, uh, Jackie uh, is incredible and uh, just one of the, she's she's one of the women that, that came before me in comedy, well before me in comedy, to make it a better place for the rest oh. of us. Oh. Well. <laughs> At oh. least... At least if you didn't know you did it, you did. <laughs> I'm very, very excited uh, to have you on. Uh, do you want to just get right into them questions or are sure. we just, yeah. Uh, I love Awesome. It. Awesome. So Jackie, how do you experience surrender? Oh, Christ. All right. Uh, <laughs> how, That's why we're- how do <laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're coming in hot with fastballs right exactly, out. Exactly. Uh, How do you give up? Uh, okay, so the definition of surrender, of course, is to uh, is to give up control and the idea mm. that you could control any anything besides you know your own. And not even that. I mean, whatever you can control, you you have to, because I am a huge control freak. I am not, you know, it's not clinical. Nobody has, uh, people have mentioned it, but uh, professionals have not. Uh, so, like, I, I'm not taking meds for it. I haven't been psychoanalyzed. I am just a fucking meddler. Hi. Uh, I am, it's, and, and I have a hard time, uh what I work on is the difference between uh, helping and meddling, right? Mm. Is, and it's, you know, we're, we're living in a dumpster fire, right? So there's a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, we have very little federal government and absolutely no oversight. And so um, we are living in troubled times. And I would like to fix all of it. Uh, turns out uh, I <laughs> live in a very uh, small house in Van Nuys. So uh, I don't have that power. I don't know who <laughs> would have had that power. But, uh, five years, like if there was one person who could control something. So what I have to do on a regular basis is surrender, is have mm. to give up the fact that I can control this, that I can fix this, and that I can 
do what I the solace I get out of giving that up, right? Is that I can control the person in front of me, which is I can either help them or not hurt them. Right. I can yeah, those are the only things that I can do is the thing the next indicated, you know, action that is sort of in front of me. It's like, well, good luck. And and um so that's that's how I'm dealing with it. Yourselves? Oh. <laughs> I, I I literally have to uh, surrender in order to stay in the present moment um, right now. And I think I brought up before, but like my therapist told me and shout out to therapy. It's the best. Um, Shadow maps. Is the, pre- the present is the only safe place for me to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I spend too much time in either direction, you know, and surrendering keeps me like, as in the moment as an insane man can be. Yeah. And I've been honestly just focusing on what I can control, like defining what the hula hoop is and then just working within there. You know, I have no control over what, whether or not anyone wants to hire me, but I can write a bunch of things that bring me joy. Right. And you, yeah. you can do, you can put it out there. You could do the legwork. You could do yeah. the footwork. That's all I'm doing. I mean, because we're all in a, in a place of there's no money. Right. I mean, I am a road comic. Mm -hmm. That is my gig and my income. But I can um, put out feelers to people um, and I can do lateral things. I do a lot of stand up online Mm -hmm. and I ask people for something like five bucks. You guys want to watch me do 30 minutes, 45 minutes for five bucks and 100 people every week do that. And you're killing it, by the way. I know um, my roommate opened for you, and I got to watch a whole show, and it was amazing. You guys should really do right? Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. Your roommate is a great comic, Brandy Posey. Yeah. Uh, and I took her uh, with me on the road once uh, when I was allowed. You know, I'm not always <clears throat> allowed to bring my features, but when I was, I was like, I want Brandy Posey, because Brandy yeah. Posey is a great comic. So I'm Yeah. For her. Yeah. She's the best. She's the best. So it was, it's, uh, you it's, you want to do, do you want to do a guest set? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All the time. Okay. You're a comic too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. uh, I, I, I hosted for you at, uh, the, uh, yeah. Brea improv before yeah. they changed it. I'm the hot sauce guy. You're the hot sauce guy, which we're still working our way through that bottle. It is delicious. Right. And I will tell you this. Uh, you could both. Yeah, you could both do sets. We'll, we'll figure it out. Thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, do, I do a show usually every Sunday. Uh, if I skip it, it's because I've got two other shows. So uh, There you go. Which is an embarrassment of riches. Anyway. <laughs> so, but it's, it's all about, yeah, because I, I tend to not, I tend to try to live in the present because if I think about the future, that's mm-hmm. that's a scary, scary place, and I and I create a future, and I I never create like a lollipops and and mm-hmm. you know, and and soda pop fountain future. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always some death and destruction, and the trains are running right. Yeah, so. when I when all this first started, I was talking to Brandy. I was like, okay, so the food supply, if they close the borders, the food supply is going to constrict. So I just want you to know, I'm really good with a gun, and I have. 14 years of karate under my belt. I got us. No one's going to steal our bread. I got you, girl. <laughs> and then did you go, holy shit, when, what, what Walking Dead episode? Yes. <laughs> Second season. <laughs> so, I suddenly was in Children of Men. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you'll hurt yourself more. <laughs> it's true. And with that kind of like insanity happening around you, what's been your most like insane moment, either um, like in your journey in the past or now, like what's been the most, it could be insane, good, insane, bad, any type of insane. Oh, and oh, so the next question is what, how would I? Yeah, like what was what's been the insanity? Yes, head on, head on, eyeball. To eyeball. Yes, um, it's usually suicide attempt. Mm. It's usually that, and my suicide attempts are almost always um ridiculous. Me too. Because, yeah, they're not. They it doesn't doesn't mean it don't count, you guys. Except <laughs> do they? I don't know. There are people who who are genuine. You know, they've they've got yes. a plan. Me, sometimes, sometimes life is so much, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so much and you just want to die mm-hmm. and you're like, that's, that would be a terrible idea. And so I have any number of times, uh, uh, not any number of times I can think of two. I've run into traffic, <gasps> suicide by car. It is not mm. glamorous. It is not okay. Yeah. It's got all kinds of nope attached to it but i will say that um that i that i know now you know i mean that's that's an insanity where my mind has checked out yeah my mind is like you are not living either in the present or in a future beyond the one like all i could see is it's just too much sometimes it's not even a fear of what's to come it's just i'm overwhelmed by the enormity mm-hmm. of everything around me and it's just dumb. And yeah. so I know that it will pass. And so, and it's been years since I've done such a thing. Uh, so uh, let's all knock on particle board. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's, 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 it's painful to see yeah. your own insanity. Yeah. And, uh, but there's nothing wrong because once you see it, you're like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm, right. I, I, and once you admit it, I had a friend uh, who admitted the worst thing she had ever done. <laughs> and she was like, once I told four people, I was like, oh, fuck it. I could probably do a joke about it. Uh, <laughs> she's like, because it was horrible. It was, I don't even want to tell you. It was gross. And um, I'll tell you, it was sex with an animal. Anyway. Oh. Uh, so- Okay. It was yeah, that's a lot of information. That's so much information. And she was like, you know, by the fourth person that I had told about this, there was there was no shame left in it. Yeah. There was a a very serious decision that I was incorrect. It was horrible, and I'll never do it again. Right? It's sort of the the going the learning from past ridiculous, insane decisions that in the moment seemed like something, whether you're junked up or not, you know, whether yeah. You're, yeah, whether you're high or drunk or any of the things. Well, and, and the thing with like, you know, the suicide attempts to the best way I've ever heard it described, because I, I was very suicidal before I got sober. Uh, the best way I've ever heard it described, it's like you're in a tall building and it's on fire and you have a choice. You can either jump out the window and die, or you can get consumed by the flames, you know, and, and, the, and the suicide attempt is like, well, I feel like death anyway so which which is the mm-hmm. the which is the least painful exit you know and yeah. i mean i used to drink and wake up and be pissed i was still alive and finish whatever booze was around me uh go 
do my only day walk to the liquor store, come back and plop down and continue watching In the Heat of the Night on WGN. <laughs> that was my blackout show. Oh, interesting. <gasps> For 200 days in the year yeah. 2000, I watched The American President. Ooh. Every day? Every day. I watched <laughs> a romantic comedy with Annette Benning and Michael Douglas. The American <laughs> President. <laughs> if, that, you, when when you see Michael Douglas pop up, does that like trigger you in any way? Just because you spent so much time with Michael Douglas? <laughs> Whenever I like, I saw him as Hank Pym in Ant Man, and I was like, "He's a different guy." It's almost like he's an actor. And- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh! I um my my suicide attempt was I was going to drive my Saturn SL two from San Luis Obispo to Pismo Beach on the back road in the fog with my eyes closed. That was my plan. Wow. Hey, and Skywalker. What the I, fuck? I know. And then I, I, wa- I, instead I ran into somebody who I knew was in a 12-step fellowship and they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not okay. <laughs> That's the thing is, is, is once you start down this journey of self-examination, mm-hmm. of sort of realizing that there are parts of you that will have insane thoughts. There are parts of you that want to control things. There are parts mm-hmm. of you that want to do these things. You can then, when, when you meet somebody who you know genuinely cares for you, yeah. even if it's super nominally, uh, and they say, how you doing? You could say out loud to them, not great, not good. Yeah. And if they like you and this doesn't have to be your mom. It doesn't have to be your best friend. It doesn't even have to be, it's just, someone who maybe who could listen and you don't mm-hmm. know you don't know what the universe is going to toss at you you might meet someone who's going to really help you that's true and, and by god it's worth the effort i say that's, try. that's very true i was uh, on a in a second round audition in the first round i had had a um i had had a panic attack in the during the audition it was just like happening in the background and then the second round i sat down and there's a girl looking at me and she's sweating and i go to the second round. made it to the second round (laughs) having a full tilt couldn't feel couldn't feel heat or cold panic attack just like my body was completely checked out and my i'm in the second round and this girl looks at me and she's real sweaty and she goes i think i'm having a panic attack and i said oh I had one last time. Let's go for a walk. And we just started deep breathing together and like, let's get an apple. Let's put something, let's put your hand in some cold water. Let's do something to like breathe it out. But it's one of those moments where you just like, you never know whether it's you or whether it's somebody else who's going to, you know, step in and have something, you know, because you could be of some help. Yeah. You can, they could come to you and you'd yeah. be like, Oh, you, this is, this is hap- This happens. I was completely out of my own head at that point because the thing about panic attacks is you're always in fear of them happening again. And I was like, oh, I'm fine, girl. Like, okay, okay. And now I'm helping somebody else. And you're helping me and I'm helping you. Let's do this. Like, truly amazing. I have to ask you if you booked the gig. I did not. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. I think you would have mentioned that. Yeah, I think I would. I think what I should have done is just come in with the same crazy energy again and maybe I would have booked it. I think you got the call back to help the lady. If if we can think of uh, that sort of yeah, magic. I have a problem with believing in magic occasionally. I right? like that. It's, it's more fun to believe. It really is. It really is. And and kind of in that note, how do you make 
decisions in your life. Like in, in our world, we make a decision to just kind of like believe in something and turn our wills over it to it. Like what, um, how do you make decisions in your life? Well, I mean, that's, that, that's the trick, right? Is that you, if you've given up the sense, if you've surrendered your control yeah, and if you recognize insanity, when it comes time to make a decision in your life, you have to, you have to go back to that control issue and you have mm-hmm. to go, well, for example, um, stand-up comedy, right? I'm a road comic. People have offered me road work. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like every decision that I would make right now is wrong. To go mm-hmm. or to not go, to be on the road or to not be on the road, both feel um, sort of like cowardly i'm caving in to the hey it's gonna be okay go perform live uh or two um i'm scared i don't want to get the thing or give anybody the thing Mm -hmm. and um so there's no good like there's no clear-cut decision right Mm -hmm. i mean when i make a decision and it's clear it's a clear-cut decision uh that's easy when someone says hey the the guy who owns that club is actually a, a giant dirt bag. You don't want to work for him. And I'm like, <clears throat> if I decided not to work for dirt bags, uh, I would be in some serious trouble. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so I have to, I have to sort of do a gradation of what, how, how big a dirt bag, right? Yeah. Where the line is. Yeah. So uh, how do I make those decisions? It's a case by case. It's case by case. And I have to, I have to turn it over. Uh, like they say, you know, mm-hmm. I have to say, I am not, I, I, I could say I am not in charge. That's one way I've said it. I could also say I'm not going to be in charge. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to a tree, to my God, because uh, I don't have a problem with God. I have, I have a God of my understanding. And, um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mellow entity who is, wants me to be happy and safe. Mm. And doesn't, and, and, and if I can, and if I can stop, th- you know, if I can stop thinking about it so much, I can let that go. And the decision will either happen or not happen. Sometimes not making a decision is also a decision, right? Mm-hmm. That gig goes away that I didn't have to make that decision. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I had, so, I had something similar happen where I, I had a gig and I got my, 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 uh, clean bill of health from the testing facility. And uh, I had posted that I was going to go do the gig. And uh, I started getting dragged on Twitter, being called part of the problem uh, that, you know, uh, that I'm, I'm no, no better than people running around, not wearing masks, just getting hung on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, and the gig ended up not working out because uh, Chicago put a stay at home order for anybody coming from uh California. Now, so that decision was made for me, but still it's, especially in regards to comedy, uh, like I also use the satellite of the group of drunks. You know, I try to consult the group of drunks that I keep close to me in order to make decisions so I can at least talk it out. So it doesn't just exist in the old crock pot that makes bad decisions. (laughs) Yeah. I like Crock-Pot. Yeah. That's great. I feel like mine's more of an instant pot, like a pressure cooker, you know, like. (laughs) 
Mine's a committee. There's Robert's rules and everything. It's, oh, nice. No one needs me to read all of the bullet points. But I was just going to say more of it. Is it more of a Lincoln-Douglas debate situation or a policy debate situation? More policy. More policy. Ooh. Super po- point of order? Yes. Point of order. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Could we have more discussion? No. Could we stop having more discussion and take it to a vote? Anyway, you are correct. I, yeah, I got to get out of there. I gotta, uh, it's a terrible committee meeting. I love the phrase mellow entity. That was, that is such a, like when you said that this like calm kind of just like, I have to steal that. This calm kind of went through my body. I was like, Ooh, mellow entity. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. What is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in your like journey? I think, you know, it's one of those things where, it's the ongoing journey for me. And, and one of the first things I learned when I started this was that, that I was all right, you know, that I'm, that I'm all right. I'm not the best or worst of anyone. And I can let other people be nice to me and not judge them for it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of this sort of, you know, I spent a fair amount of my time going, Oh, if a guy's nice to me, he's obviously weak. I could never bring him home and introduce him to uh, the hundreds of male comics that I know who would ball bust him or my my family who might scare him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would think, and I mistook a good man, a nice man for a weak man. Mm. And I was uh, incorrect. Uh, For example, I uh, am married to a fella who is incredibly strong and he is the nicest person he always says whatever you tell anyone i'm nice could you also tell them i'm dangerous (laughs) (laughs) andy ashcraft very dangerous but i will tell you the i brought i brought him to meet my family in pieces right sort of like the best of my siblings and at one point i brought him to minneapolis to meet my brother and sister who lived there at the time and um forgetting that that's my comedy hometown too so there's you know, wow. 30 dudes yeah. he also has to meet. And I'm like, oh, shit. So the first time he met the club owner at, at Acme and Dave Mordahl, one of the comics, uh, D- Dave goes, so how's Jackie in the sack? <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, and uh, Andy grabbed a chair, flipped it around and said, you really want to know? Let's, let's do this. <laughs> The two of them, and they are both good men, and Louis Lee and Dave Mornell, they back the fuck down. And I was like, oh, I don't need to protect him. He is an yeah. adult man. He just happens to also be a nice man and a good person. And it was, it was a shocking thing to learn that I could, I could let other people be their whole people, right? Mm. I, I relearned that probably four years ago. I relearned something I thought I... You know, you think you know that people are people, right? That everybody is a is an individual with the same hopes and dreams and yeah. and desire. But you meet someone, and I can't remember. Here's what I remember about this this interaction: I was talking to a probably 35 year old black man who was a comic, and I can't remember which one. Uh, all I know was he talked about some ambition he had, and I was like, "You would have that ambition in that tone of voice in my head, you." would think that 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Jackie. Turns out he's a stalk of meat with a brain on top. He's a person. He's just a guy who wants, he's just a person who wants the same, he has the same ambition as everybody. Yeah. Right? Just because he's in a sausage casing of a black man doesn't make him any better or worse or different than the sausage casing of me being a middle-aged white lady. Yeah. You know? Or a straight white dude, right? Yeah. Everybody wants the same shit. We all want a little peace, a little serenity, want a little money, put us a little safety, mm-hmm. a little attention, something, yeah. to, something to hold on to, you know? Same five things that everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, you- and that's what I learned. And I'm still learning. I can't believe I learned that four years ago. <laughs> right? I'm like, hey, hey, dummy. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the thing is, is, is every time I peel away some new reveal of racism or sexism or anyism mm. that I have, no one is more surprised, first of all, than me. Yeah. Who thinks that I'm great. Uh, and, then, and then I have this huge urge to tell on myself. Yeah. So, is anybody else is anybody else thinking these weird things that yeah. uh, everyone is in a stock of meat with brains? Because that's what I re- realization I came in. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with like realizing that like sometimes our circuitries aren't wired the best. And 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 I think a lot of what's going on right now is there's a lot of people that are willing to rewire their brains. And there's a lot of people who are fucking refusing to unlearn and to to reconfigure out the circuitry when they when they look at people or how they interact with people or even from like a like a, a, a micro level. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are just unwilling to change and you know it because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Re, re, rewiring even the the real even rewiring an actual circuit board is hard so it's not it's not an easy undertaking and, and to to tell on yourself it's kind of like what you said earlier in the app uh, is like you take the power away from it and you're able to you run a, a cleaner operation uh, in the rewiring right and yeah and it, that doesn't mean it's easy i mean some of this stuff is so simple that a child could do it, but a child doesn't want to do it any more than I do. It's just because mm-hmm. it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right? And, and the whole idea of perseverance has been, has been revealed to me as just sort of a, you know, despite that it's difficult, you keep going. Mm-hmm. Despite that, you know, that, there's, uh, that you've been unsuccessful previously, you keep going. That's mm-hmm. what, that's, and that's so, so like this combination of willingness and perseverance where you're like, ah, oh, son of a... All right, I I will I will keep trying because it isn't because I want to be better. I want to yeah. be of some use to the fucking world, and I am as much use as I can be. Mm-hmm. But I also and I and and I also have a theory that if I, I mean, granted, me being of use is me taking back that control again, right? That's mm-hmm. me going. I gotta be of some. Uh, if I could just let go of that control, that's where all of my peace of mind is. Right. That's where all of my serenity is. That's where uh, I open myself up to my mellow entity who could come in and tell me what the next right thing to do is. Yeah. I, I'm very much in that process right now in my own way. My sponsor and my, and my therapist, because uh, of course, uh, are both asking me to write about how I feel about certain things. And sometimes there's a little black box. It's like the event 
how I feel is missing and the outcome. And so it's, it's a very interesting little thing to actually zero in on how I feel about fear and how I feel about certain things. And, um, and even the other day, something came up for me. I was, I saw a picture of a friend of mine has a lovely new girlfriend and I looked at his, I looked at his Instagram and I said, Oh, she's too pretty. She's going to, she's going to break his heart, which is some hardcore implicit bias on my part about women and beauty standards and judgment. I was like, I walked into the bathroom. (laughs) I know I walked into the bathroom and I felt all of that at first. And then I came out and I said, you know what? That wasn't fair. I'm sure she's lovely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 She she may be looking for your friend who you love. Yeah. Like, it's, he's a good guy, right? Yeah. She's lucked out. She's lucked out. Right. She's picked up with a good egg. They're gonna scramble yeah. it up. That's yeah. It's it's great. It's a fantastic dick joke. And you get everything out of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You get the deep, you get the you get the dick jokes, you get it all. But it's it's about being curious. It's about being curious. Like why why do I think that way? Like, oh, oh. Oh, and then once you get to it, it's like, oh, I get to be better now. Cool. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, kind of framing it that way instead of like, oh, it hurts, <laughs> you know. And, so. then, yeah, and Dave talking about co- the course correction that you you have to be willing to do, you know, yeah. just any sort of re- rewiring. It's like it's it's curiosity coupled with honesty. So it's like, how curious am I being about the way my brain works and how honest am I being with what I'm uncovering? You know, and, and for me, it's like, I have to ask myself, like, how honest am I being? So that's the next question for you, Jackie, is how honest are you with, with yourself and others? Oh, yeah. Um, how about this? I'm better. Uh, yeah. So uh, I am. There are still things that I don't want to face. I know that, you know, stuff about. um the the things that i i do the way that i judge people the things that i want the 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 work i don't want to do those are all very real things that i've addressed some of it but i have not looked at all of it there are things that i i don't want to i don't want to talk to anyone about how much i want to eat an entire chicken right I don't want to talk to anyone about how much I want to only read romance novels because I know how they end. You know, mm. I don't want to talk to people about how maybe I just lie here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those are these are things that I don't want to address because the defensive mechanisms, the th- the way that I'm using those three things mm-hmm. are actually still working. You know, they're still keeping me slightly medicated i guess yeah and there's a there's a comfort in the familiarity yeah yeah Yeah. but if i could face them i mean step one just said them out loud um (laughs) the uh so but the uh uh but if i could face them and get to the other side of them i would obviously have more peace of mind yeah my um my sponsor always tells me uh the the struggle of long-term recovery is balance it's it is there's there are some things we should do to enjoy our lives. I love a sci-fi novel. Do I need to read all 15 in the series in a book in a week? No, I don't. You know, but like there's and and sometimes poor Dave will be texting me and he's like, what did you do today? And I'm like, oh, I read two books. <laughs> I haven't <Right>. moved. <laughs> Have you 
read Lois McMaster Bujold's Four Corsican series? No, I'm going to write that down. Oh my God, it's so good. Cordelia's Honor is the first one. Ooh. And it's essentially just space opera. Ah. It's a socio-political space opera. And it's it's about her and this uh, Earl Verkoskin. And they have this son who is... Uh, uh, is born uh, with a with a bone disease, in on a planet that doesn't accept disease, and uh, and so the rest of the books are about him growing up in this very patriarchal, super brutal kind of militaristic uh, life. And it's I'm a, it's sweet. I'm, it's I'm sweet. a love that. Ooh, it's that's horrible. I've been a uh, master Bujol. Okay, okay, McMaster, Master Bujol. Um. I've been uh, diving into John Scalzi really hard. Uh, nice. the, the old man's were finished. The old man's were serious getting started on um, empire and collapse and just finished, um, just finished red shirts, which is very fun. Red shirts is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. See so you guys. Now you get your book recommendations. You got any sci-fi? Uh, you got any sci-fi Dave? <laughs> um, if you're looking, if you're looking to read uh, like a dystopian uh, sci-fi uh, Octavia Butler is a very good choice. Oh yeah. Um, Have you read Jemison, got... Dave? Andy Not yet. Jemison? The Broken Earth trilogy won oh. Hugo three years in a row. Yeah. Okay. So and it's epic. I read the first one. It took me two years to read the second one, and a week to read the third one. Whoa. Because I read two and three back to back, but the first one blew my mind so bad. And she's yeah. Kamala. Wait, not Kamala. I have Kamala on the brown. Uh, w, w, on, on the brown. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> w. Uh, Kamala Bell, right? Yes. Uh, it's his uh, cousin. And oh. Jameson. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's a tale of many people related to each other. And Meme is speaking a bunch. Let's, I let's love it. I love it, but it, but it, there is there's a difference between like we I I'm definitely the kind of person I related to that where I can take the creature comforts the things that make me human and then go so far in the other direction with those things that it's like I I I neglect my responsibilities I neglect my connections with others and when those connections with others break down that's when my disease really creeps in and starts screaming and it's like yeah I totally I totally get that I totally get that but. The fact that you're aware of it, you know, gets you that much closer to balance. I can't imagine a world where Jackie Cation doesn't read a, a romance novel every once in a while. I don't want to live in that world. It's a terrible world. That's <laughs> our world all about. Yeah, because I'll read. I, I'm also reading like uh, some very light uh, mystery novels. Nice. Like there's the the Friny fi- There's a TV show that was on Amazon Prime, Acorn, called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, Ooh. and mm. it's set in the 20s. And it's hilarious because Friny Fisher is a is a max maxed D and D character, right? Um. She literally is good at everything. She can, she can shoot, she can dance, she's beautiful, she can, you know, she speaks five languages, she can blend in, she can, she's amazing. She gets lost in her own museum. No, that's a line from Indiana Jones. Anyway, the thing <laughs> is, is it's, uh, yeah, so, but I've been reading those books, and then I've also been, um, and then my sister-in-law sent me some other books, and then there's a, a reimagining of Sherlock Holmes that I, I've been rereading a bunch. So, I'll almost read anything and i'm reading a biography a tiny biography of marjorie post the woman who founded um general foods wow in 1930 and also collected faberge eggs got a lot of faberge egg there's only like 14 of them so that guy was not prolific but they were gorgeous i guess i love 
love it. I love it. What, how do you experience fear and anxiety? Okay, right to it. Next one. <laughs> yeah, well, we're like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, you know what? I should have transitioned. You were correct. It's, it's no when, the, when you've reached the end of the, the coping mechanisms, good, bad, or indifferent, how do you experience fear and anxiety? Okay, um, I'm, I'm at loss to the word experience. I have fear and anxiety. Okay. And I, and I, what I, I, uh, I try not to experience it. Mm-hmm. I try to process it. Mm. I try to, because uh, if, you know, there's, there's that line about how is if, if I could let go of fear, I could, um, and then, it, again, it opens, if I can let go of it, it can open up, you know, what the world would have me be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and that, so when I have fear and anxiety, I, first of all, I recognize it. I acknowledge it. I just, I'm like, yes, there you are. I am anxious. Is it real? Yeah. Is it anything that I can do anything about? There are so many helicopters in my mm. neighborhood right now because they're getting me, us used to a military state, right? Mm-hmm. In my mind. And possibly in real life. We don't know. But it doesn't matter because right now it's just some fucking helicopters. Uh, so, and I can't pull them out of the sky. And uh, so when I feel anxiety about what that means, what that could mean, mm-hmm. what it definitely means is that it was loud. And uh, maybe <laughs> I turn up the television like it's that TV. Like, remember in Tom Hanks when, he's, when he goes to the big city and big? Yeah. And he's, and he's staying in that uh, hotel where there's gunshots. Yeah. And the first night he's scared and he get, puts himself in a ball. And the next night he just turns the television up and it's all mm-hmm. gunshots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to some extent, that's how I deal with it in the moment, you know, that yeah. particular kind. But if there's anxiety or fear, if I can recognize it, if I can acknowledge it, and then if I can sort of extrapolate, like, what I can do about it. Mm. that'll if i can that helps me process it and and helps helps it diffuse mm-hmm. yeah well and sometimes it go, kind of goes back to what you're saying sometimes like you can just make a decision not to not to not to do anything you know like i have this for now it's not going to last forever i mean with the helicopters i'm down in the west side of la and i, I i've often thought to myself like what a time to be a helicopter pilot. Like those guys are making bank. Like, like they're not yeah. out of a job right now. <laughs> no, they're, and they're having the time of their lives, you know, because how fun is it? I got to fly in a helicopter last year. It's really cool. Nice. It, it was a Blackhawk in Turkey. I Whoa. was in Turkey performing for the troops. Cool. And, um, and the, uh, the helicopter pilot was a 23-year-old Air Force woman, and she shot off these flares while we were in the thing. Whoa. And... We were like, that was so cool. She said, yeah, they were, get, they were getting on their expiration date. <laughs> ah, the flares have an expiration date. No. However she had to, it was however she had to rationalize it. It was super cool. That's so, fine. Uh, about, at, yeah. At 23, I was literally scraping resin out of bowls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wins. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. I mean... Do you find yourself like you don't get scared in like extreme situations like helicopters and all that stuff or like I have you know I I have like phobias and fears and stuff Mm -hmm. so like I like uh, that I that I to some extent try to face and otherwise feel I don't need to push it Uh, you know like I don't like heights okay and I don't like 
and I was at, uh, luckily for me, the last five years of my life, I have traveled all over this world. Yeah. And I was in, uh, I was at a fort, of, like a thousand year old fort outside of Galway, Ireland. Wow. And it's a sheer 400 foot drop. Whoa. And there's no fence. There's no gate. And Andy, was my husband, is standing right on the thing, and I take a picture of him. And I'm like, I am terrified. So I go down on my belly, and I crawl to the edge, and I look over, and I take a picture, and I think, I'm just going to drop the phone. I know I'm going to drop the phone. But I panic, but then I back up, and I feel, to some extent, stronger because I did it. Yeah. But... So, but the thing is, is if I'm driving on a mountain road and there's a, there's a cliff, you know, in California, yeah. that happens fairly often. I will pull over and go, Hey, I don't want to do this. Really? Like I'll do it for a second, but I don't have a problem admitting that I don't like things, some things that scare me. Right. Yeah. I, I want to face my fears, but I don't need to jump out of an airplane to prove Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to face your fears to abuse yourself into like it's kind of like it's kind of like a like a like a do it you pussy like that kind of thing. Like I don't I don't think that that benefits anybody. Uh, it's that when, balance again. Yeah. yeah, that's how I do it. I'm like oh, I'm gonna yeah. do the karate tournament. I'm gonna jump out of a plane. I'm gonna bungee jump. I'm gonna do all these things. And then when fear finally arrives, it's usually because I have to go pay my car insurance, and then suddenly my defects are popping out. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> but can I not afford my car insurance because I bungee jumped? What just happened? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And with that in mind, like what um what uh character defects are you or like just things you'd like to change about yourself that you're still working on? Oh, the, easily there's a judgmentalness that my friend Karen Rontowski, great comic. Anyway, super funny. She, super mm -hmm. funny we were walking one day it's probably a dozen years ago now and i said you know you know i, I know it's a little judgmental and i'm not judgmental and she laughed for <laughs> 15 seconds and i was like wait am i and it was literally i was like oh shit because i i am i i part of it is the survival technique mm -hmm. right where you go through life and you have to judge the person in front of you is this a safe person is this a person who's going to hurt me? Is mm -hmm. this a person who could help me? What? So you, it, it's just a, a, it's a reaction. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working on myself. So sometimes I get kind of self-righteous and I'm like, mm. hmm, you're not working on yourself and, uh, or whatever. And so <sighs> it can be that whole spectrum mm -hmm. of you, you're dumb, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you're dumb because you are gullible mm -hmm. or if you're just not interested or if you're unteachable. I mean, I have no idea. And, and the word unteachable, super supportive. Anyway. <laughs> you are singing the, the song of my people right now. That, that particular thought process, because my brain moves really fast and I process things really fast. And so when people aren't keeping up with me, because they should, don't you know, that's my, that's definitely where I go. I'm like, oh, you're either unwilling or you're an idiot. One of the two. And either way, I don't respect you. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and, the, and I added gullible as a way to just try to have a little more kindness to it. Yes. Right? Right. And, but quite honestly, 
it's also pretty judgmental. <laughs> so, um, right. Well, gullible is this similar in Armenian families? Gullible is like the worst thing you can be in a Latino family. Like they're always playing tricks on you to make sure you're street smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's this this attitude that we're supposed to be street smart, and you're just like, how about you just make the world safer? How about that? Yeah. And I don't have to be so street smart. Exactly. It's okay that I hang out with my Uncle Tom and not have to uh, have a good juke. That's, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's fucked up, you know? Right. Yeah. The old handsy body roll. Oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> part of that. So, <laughs> so it, in, in, in life and in general, how do you experience forgiveness? That one's hard too, you know? It's, um, that's another thing that I, that it's not so much an experience as a process, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it all starts What? okay, I tell, I tell this story is that my, my stepmother, uh, I remember I had to be 25 or 30 years old and my stepmother goes, you know, some people have hard childhoods and some of your childhood was very hard. And she's like, it's like. If you were standing in the rain, that's very sad. Oh, it's raining. Uh, I don't have an umbrella. You're standing in the rain. But if you're 30 years old and you're still standing in the rain, get out of the rain. <laughs> you know? Do, take some part of, of responsibility for right. holding on. At the, at the very least, holding on to all that anger. Yeah. Holding on. It, sometimes the only part that you have is that you're holding on to it because you know my uncle tom tried to slip the tongue to me when i was like 11 or 12. that was gross yeah uh, and i to this day when i see a picture of him i'm like ew uh but i don't i don't know what like i wouldn't blame his kids for it he's dead mm. now i didn't kill him yeah. and uh so but the uh um but there's the thing the only thing there, so and, and quite honestly, there's not a lot of forgiveness in me for that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of sort of, well, that's something that happened. Mm -hmm. I can't hold on to it except for as a joke. You know, I could maybe mm -hmm. make a bit out of it or something. But, um, but I don't. Real forgiveness is something. I, I mean, I would have to. I, I should look up that. I would like a definition of that word, you know? Ooh because yeah you well, look it up. well and while dave's looking it up um how that question ended up in there is i had about right before i started stand-up i had this interesting experience where i was starting therapy for the first time and um i was asked to do this sort of forgiveness exercise because i was coming into an eighth and ninth step and my sponsor just said you can't ask for forgiveness unless you've forgiven everyone and it doesn't feel to me in all these years you've really let a lot of things go. And I used to think that forgiveness, like my dad always used to say, like, it's like water off a duck's back. Just let it go. Just let it go. But what I discovered in that process is that forgiveness for me is reliving the moment in with the awareness that I have today, forgiving the person I am, I, the person that, forgiving the person and the action that occurred and then also forgiving who I was in the moment. Because the reason why I couldn't forgive anybody was because I walked around my life being like, I should have been able to prevent all the childhood abuse and neglect. I should have been able to prevent 
I took responsibility away from my higher power and the people around me. And it literally took my sponsor taking my notebook and scribbling things out and saying, I want you to write, I was a kid. I had no control. Yes. Because my search for control and comfort goes so deep that I even believe I should have had it when I was five. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you find a definition? Yes, I did. Uh, So to stop feeling angry or resentful toward and then someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Interesting. And of course, the definition of resentment is to re-feel, right? Mm -hmm. Is to feel something over and over and over again. So I don't... So to, to forgive my Uncle Tom, I guess, would be to not feel how gross that was or how gross it made me feel Mm. or not it was because literally the only emotion i have left for my uncle tom and this isn't a positive emotion this is interesting uh is uh is just sort of a a a disgust of him Mm. sort of a a a judgmental disgust of him as opposed to oh go ahead no i think where it gets it gets tricky is trauma because traumas, the experience of trauma, that's a traumatic experience, right? So there's, there's disgust there, but I wonder if the disgust is just covering up the trauma. I'm not a therapist, other, by the way. I, yeah, yeah, no. and, <laughs> you know. And the other weird thing is that, like, because I processed a lot of stuff, and I, and I processed most of my stuff. I did therapy mm-hmm. for three years, and it was nice. amazing. Yeah. And, um, and it helped a great deal. But it, uh, but. I processed sort of my, my, uh, my, my mother, uh, passed away when I was about seven. I was mm-hmm. just about to eight. And, um, she was not good. She had, she was overwhelmed and she, uh, hit me a lot. And there mm-hmm. was, she was not around and she was drunk all the time and she died in a drunk driving accident. Wow. And so there's all these things and she was never mentioned again when I was a kid. Um, My father remarried almost immediately. My brothers would occasionally, my brothers would occasionally mention her and they sort of canonized her. And my dad and my stepmother were like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So nobody said anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) for decades. And so I processed, essentially, so I had to process the fact that she was a, a child herself when she started having kids. She was 16. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I was born when she was 26. She had Whoa. six kids. So oh she had God. six kids under the age of 10, and she died when she was 33. Wow. And so her life is, was very hard. Yeah. So that sort of perspective and sort of seeing her as an adult was part of the, what I thought was the forgiveness or what I think right. was the forgiveness of my mother. She's a, she's a woman. She's just a person. Yeah, trying to buy her mostly by herself because my father was very much a 1950s kind of guy. Here's my check. I'm gonna go to the bar. I'm gonna go meet some people. Yeah, I'm gonna take a lap. You raise these kids. I'll be right back. Right, and uh, and I'll bring you another check. So, um, so she was on her own so much, and so to some extent, she hit us a lot, but she was driven mad. Yeah, because there was you know children don't know how to shut up. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. Know, they don't know how to do things. Yeah. You to teach them. And yeah. once you lose your patience, you lose your patience. Right. And, you know, and she used alcohol herself to get the hell out, you know, yeah. to sort of get out of the situation. 
Um, and so I have, what I have is I have sympathy for her. Yeah. And, um, and I have some support. I am mm -hmm. sympathetic and supportive of my dead mother. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that translates entirely to forgiveness, which is interesting. Hmm. I love that. Hmm. There's... I learned something. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> We're all doing it. That's, that's why these questions keep coming in hot. They, they, yeah. they, they, they... <laughs> Just throwing them. Oh, what is your... Uh, here's the next one. Uh, what's the weirdest uh apology or um that you've either given or received like an immense you know uh okay well okay so my favorite thing that's happened and i tried to turn this into a bit but it didn't really work is because so i have a friend in my life who is in recovery and um we were talking one day and i was talking about you know sort of becoming a better person and and um and how sometimes I lose my temper. Mm -hmm. I lose my temper and it's usually yeah. in a retail situation. Uh, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say something horrible or I'll, the first time it happened, okay, so she was like, I'll make you a deal. Uh, sort of, uh, it's, and it's the 10th step, she said. So the 10th step is you have to apologize in the moment. Mm -hmm. And she's like, so when you do this, when, 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 you, when you lose your temper and you say or do something horrible, uh, you got to correct it in the moment. And mm -hmm. if you go away, call me and I'll tell you to go back and fix it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, what a pain in the ass. But, uh, I, but I want this, right? Mm -hmm. So the first time it happened was probably eight or ten years ago. I uh, was at a Cub Foods, the one that was burned down in Minneapolis. Uh, so uh, Cub Foods, the Midwestern gem that is Cub Foods. I haven't heard of Cub Foods. Sorry, not trying to derail you. <laughs> no, I love it. Go Midwestern, guys. Go, go, go. <laughs> Illinois had its fair share of Cub Foods, and these West Coasters don't understand the Cub food life. The, so the continue. I'm sorry. I was. And so the, the kid was bagging my, my groceries, and he did it wrong. Uh, and I picked up a green pepper, and I whipped it at him. I threw a bell pepper at a young man. <laughs> I was probably 40 years old. Uh, so, I, uh, so I called my friend and she's like, holy shit. Uh, you have to go back and apologize to that kid. And I was like, what? I know I'm telling him myself. And she's like, uh-huh. In other news, uh, you just ruined his day. Always remember, these people are at work, Jackie. You are not at work. He's at work. He's already has a pain in the ass all day long. Yeah. So why don't you cut him some slack? And, and you were so in the wrong. So I go back. I find him. He, of course, terrified because uh, I've come back. And he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, she's armed with more produce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't have more produce on her. And so I apologize. And he was like, uh, so that's one instance. It hap it's happened three times. Three times, you guys. Uh, three pepper throws? Or, I was or just going to say. <laughs> I had to, uh, I was in line buying a soda and it was taking too long. Taking too long. So I took a $5 bill and whipped it at the register guy. And that was probably seven years ago. So uh, 
it used to happen every six months. It's down to every three years now. Anyway, uh, so I'm getting better. But the problem is, is so then I, I, and I was actually meeting this friend of mine for coffee. And so I, I was getting a Diet Coke on my way to coffee. I don't know how to explain this, but I, I have a drinking problem. So I go <laughs> and I sit down and I tell her what happened. And she's like, holy shit, you have to go back. And I said, yeah, I paid $5 for that soda. And she's like, uh... Yeah, that's not how, that's not, I mean, sure, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, God dang it. And so I, I went back and the kid was on break. So I had to wait 15 minutes till he came back from Jimmy John's. And so he's walking back and he sees me and he stops and he goes, you want your $5 back? And I said, no, I'm here to tell you that I'm clearly a horrible person. And I apologize because that was ridiculous. And he goes, yeah. That was nuts. Anyway, uh, I bought uh, I bought a lottery ticket with it. So if you put your phone number on the back of it, if I win, I'll split it with you. Aww. He did not win or he did not call me. And that is fine, too. But the thing is, is so here's what happens now. And this is this is all five years ago, right? Yeah. Is that, or seven years ago. Five years ago. God, I am not the hero of these stories. Uh, I'm at, uh, I'm at a, a, a place where I'm getting gas. I'm at a gas station. Woman cuts in front of me and takes the last pump. I lose my shit and I grab her. I touch her. She luckily is a bus driver and is used to dealing with the insane. And she literally looks at me and she goes, what are you doing? Like I'm holding her shirt and she's like, what are you doing? You're wow. not going to hit me. At which point I let go of her and I said, you're correct. Of course I'm not going to. And I said, I seem to have, uh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. And she was like, okay. And then you know what happened? Another pump opened up, you guys. It was nuts. It was crazy. The whole <laughs> crazy. World, kept, world kept spinning. It turned They out. had more than one? Yeah, it turned <laughs> out. And so every time I go, I would go to my friend and tell her the shit that would happen, she'd be like, when are you going to be sick of apologizing to strangers? It's, I'm going to, okay. Oh, go for it. Go, keep well, going. I'm just keep saying going. is that what it does is it's, it makes me pause and think before I act on this shit. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to apologize. Yeah. And so that's what stopped me and had me grow up another half an inch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, I'm going to tell you a story if only to prove that not everybody has to tell a pretty story on this podcast. A couple of summers ago, I was growing uterus gremlins and I, they had me on all these hormones because I was bleeding buckets every day. I was on all these hormones. I had like faux menopause. It was horrible. And I'm, I'm at work and I'm doing my day job as a tour guide. And it's 115 degrees on the news, but it's 117 in the van. And I go to walk into the Chevron station and the clerk is not helping me. And I accidentally took his pen after I signed the receipt. And he said, ma'am, my pen. And I thought I had softly, gracefully tossed the pen in his general direction. But what I had done is angry whipped the pen at his chest and it just bounced off his chest. And I just stormed out. I did my thing. And I went home that night and again, called a friend, told the story. And she said, 
so you're going to apologize to that guy when you're at work tomorrow, right? And I said, yes. And so I got to work early. I prepped my van. I walked in and I said, hey, man, I'm the lady who threw the pen at you yesterday. I didn't, I am so sorry. That was extremely disrespectful. And we're all hot and having a hard time right now. And I just hope that you have a better day. Is there any way I can make it right? And he just looked at me like, please leave my chevron. (laughs) (laughs) But you did the, you did the thing that we're supposed to do, which is I'm not do it in the first place. Actually, that's what we're supposed to do. (laughs) But we're human. We're so human. We are so human. And there are, as a person who defers to rage a lot, I totally understand. Like, as you're telling me stories, I'm like, I could totally do all of this stuff. Like I defer to rage so much when I was moving my boyfriend and my very good friend who are both beautiful codependent Al-Anons are chasing me around with their little codependent feelers. And at finally one point I just said, leave me alone. And they kept chasing me. And finally I was like, Oh, apparently you don't understand English. Walk away. And then immediately it's like that Marin joke of like, fuck you. I'm sorry. That's like immediately what happened is I was just like, Hey, you know what? I was really out of pocket. I'm going to make it right. And I truly beat up on myself for that stuff. But the first thing my sponsor always tells me is you're human. Sometimes you're going to have a human day, like a really human ass day. And, um, uh, with that in mind, with all these human experiences happening right now, a pandemic, the internet going crazy, all the reply guys coming for you. How do you maintain your Zen on a daily basis? Well, I, uh, I, I, I do the, I sort of, I check out, right. I, I, I mm. log off the internet. I go sit outside. Nice. Sometimes I eat a chicken. Sometimes I read a romance novel. Uh, but what I, I, I try to do is I try to, I literally think to myself, turn my thinking and my actions over to gut, over to some, something, something else that isn't me, something bigger. If I could turn my thinking and my actions over to something bigger, it means that I won't act on something terrible. And, mm-hmm. and it will also, just saying, you know, there's a mantra I read in a self-help book. Um, I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. And it was Louise Hay, How to Heal Your Life, a, a book that is hilarious because she has an affirmation for if you're in a coma. Yeah, back when comas were fashionable. <laughs> you stole my affirmation. And, um, but she was, it was this workbook. It was like a self-help workbook, the Louise Hay. And um, she was like, do say, I love and approve of myself 400 times a day. And it's for a month. Uh, that's a lot. But here's the, here's the weird thing about it is that once you start doing it, and I did it for a month, I don't do it as often as well. But what it did do was make me aware of how many times I wasn't say I was saying exactly the opposite mm-hmm. of my love and approve of myself. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have a negative thought, whenever I have the crazy, my brain starts beating me up, um, fear, anxiety, any of it, right? Mm-hmm. Sadness and, you know, and some sadness, I just sort of try to let happen too. So, you know, I just try to process all, all, every emotion is real and joy is real, but also, so is sadness. So is fear. All of those mm-hmm. things, and you and as adults, we have to learn how to live through them, you know, because they're they're ephemeral, right? They will pass, 
and it will things will get better and then of course things will get worse again and then you know what'll happen things will get better weirdly enough then things will get worse it's uh it's a it's a crazy it's a it's a merry-go-round you guys so then how would you describe your relationship with that higher power with with god yeah uh well i don't i'm not good at praying or meditating quite Mm. honestly so what i do is what i call little shout outs little shout outs during the day yeah and uh there might be 20 of them there might be three uh a better day is 20 of them so uh and it it would be good if i did if i prayed out if i had a meditation practice if i had a a a structure where i was like well i'm gonna do it this way this way but i don't uh at this time have that structure so what i do is my relationship is is hey i can't i seem to be driving myself nuts here universe Please uh, give me a little peace, a little serenity. And so I, I, I breathe, I close my eyes. Maybe I picture a little light. I've read a lot of self-help books. I own crystals. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> and, uh, so, but I, I'm like, I just try to breathe and just try to let, like, let, mm-hmm. let, let the darkness pass, you know, because mm-hmm. it's dark sometimes. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it keeps coming back and it keeps trying to fuck with your head. And so if you can, if you can chill and, and, and if it takes 20 shout outs to the, to the shadow mapes, which is yeah. the housekeeper in Dune. It's yes. <laughs> All right. We've reached our last question. You've been, Jack, you've been fantastic. Thank you. You guys are very sweet. This is super fun. I love going deep and going silly with you. This has been great. What's one thing that you would tell somebody just like you in the world? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's not my 17-year-old self. Thank God. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, is, you know, because what I look like every hashtag peppermint permit patty, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's what this looks like. This looks like every jackass. Uh that is that is calling the cops on people because they're trying to live their lives. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is that use your powers for good. That's yes. Don't, yes. Don't, and be nice to yourself. Obviously, I mean the thing is, is take care of yourself and take care of the person in front of you if you can. If you can safely help someone in front of you, do it. But take care of yourself. Make yeah. sure you're you're safe and as peaceful as you can be, and then reach and then send that out. Yay! Guys, we made it. We made it. it Yay. Guys, if you want to hear more of that kind of talk, Jackie Cation's last album, actually, that is the very first like 10 minutes is all about doing the right thing. So, ah, yes, that was six weeks after the election and I lost my shit. <laughs> and I'm like, let's see if these are jokes. I'm recording an album. <laughs> well, where can people find you and find your stuff and, and seek you out you the world? JackieCation.com has everything. It's J-A-C-K-I-E-K-A-S-H-I-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. And it's at Jackie Cation on all the all the the social medias. And all of my albums, I've I think it's four. Uh I'm working on a new one. Uh all of my albums are available on Pandora and Spotify and Amazon. And also, weirdly enough, the distributor, they're all free and you don't have to join anything on YouTube. Nice. So, uh Bestel, you could just listen. He just has a slug of the album. And all of the tracks. So if you want to listen to my albums on nice. YouTube, they're right there. Nice. That's awesome. 
And you've got a couple great podcasts. Oh, I do. I, I, yeah, I have the Dork Forest. Where yes. People dork out about what they love. Uh, today's episode is about a racket game called Pickleball. Yeah. I played Pickleball in high school. Yeah, I've never <laughs> heard of Pickleball. It's, it's all Pickleball this week it's, at DorkForest.com. It's like, standing on, um, it's like standing on a ping pong table. That's, that's basically the rules. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And then, um, and then I have a, a, a stand-up comedy podcast for the last four years with uh, Lori Kilmartin, who's a great comic, uh, writes for Conan, and we celebrate and bitch about stand-up comedy. And I, I'm looking forward to doing stand-up with you two again. Yes. So it's looking forward to it. Look, yes, yes. Uh, check out the Jackie and Lori show, especially if you're a lady listening to this. I always, when somebody's starting stand-up, uh, especially a woman, I always uh, refer them to your podcast. Uh, and, I, I, and I would say if you're, if you're a, a gentleman in stand-up comedy, you could do no worse than listening to two of the best to, to ever touch a microphone Thank and get a, get a perspective that's not just your bro dudes. Fair enough, man. Thanks, both of you. That's I fucking love it. I love it. Dave, where can people find you? You can find me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy on all the social media. And if you like hot sauce, you can buy some hot sauce for me. HaHaHotSauce.com because nice. it's my only source of income. Mm, mm, mm. It's great on pizza, ladies and gentlemen. You can find me at Anna B is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaBalanzuela.com. You can find this podcast at 12QPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Um, And Dave, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Thank you very much. And Jackie, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. What? And. I know, I'm a big dork. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, guys, we love you. Thank you so much. We love you. Thanks for listening. Yay!